A North Carolina couple calls 911 on Christmas after they report an intruder that turns out to be their robot vacuum cleaner that they got. <laughs> the Museum of Hangovers opens in Croatia. Ooh, the Museum of Hangovers. And then someone has invented a wearable vest that grows a self-sustaining garden watered by your own urine. Yeah, you want to grow carrots on your titties with your own urine, guys? Ooh, these are the weird stories from Monday. Hope you had a nice weekend. This is Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I'm Jonesy, recording from Los Angeles. I got three weird stories for you once again today, as we do every day. I'm glad you're here. A North Carolina couple called 911 on a robotic vacuum after they mistook it for a home intruder. And I want to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to say they're about 104 years old each and had forgot that they received a robotic vacuum for Christmas and they turned it on to see how it would go. And then, you know, cut to an hour later, they're in their own little world there. 104 years old reality is something that's like a, probably like a goldfish, you know, where you you forget everything after three seconds, I'd imagine. So then they're like, what is that, a home intruder? A home invader? In bed early Christmas morning, a North Carolina couple awoke to the sound of some banging. In a panic, they hid in their closet and called 911 to report a possible home invasion. <laughs> they went into the closet. That's a very old school way to handle a home invasion, right? Forsyth County deputies arrived within minutes, and they found the culprit, a robot vacuum. And now uh, everybody knows this couple uh, got duped by a robotic vacuum, and I'm sure their friends and family are all laughing at them. <laughs> what, what's the name of this couple? Well, it's Thomas and Elisa Millam, and they detailed their experience with the vacuum uh, on a social media post. Yes, the vacuum that they thought was a burglar. They wrote, Elisa and I were watching a movie. It was about 12.30 after midnight. We heard a noise downstairs. We both were alarmed. We paused the movie, and I had Elisa go to a safe place. Yeah, go to a safe place, baby, the closet. The home invaders never check closets. Thomas Millam wrote this on social media. He added that he grabbed his gun. Oh, my goodness. He told his wife to call the police. The police arrived within a minute of the call. Excellent, and as soon as they pulled up, we heard a loud sound downstairs, which seemed that the burglar was in a panic. After police searched the home, officers realized that the intruder was actually a robotic vacuum and asked if Milam asked Milam if it belonged to them. <laughs> what do you think, it didn't belong to them? You think somebody just turned on a robotic, robotic vacuum and then shoved it through the doggy door? Is that what you think happened, police department? Yeah, people do that all the time. Elisa and I had purchased a robot vacuum cleaner. It arrived two days earlier and had, it had somehow turned itself on and was vacuuming our house without us having scheduled it. Oh, so they weren't... They didn't know how to work the damn thing is what happened. The couple was embarrassed about mistaking their robot vacuum for a home intruder, but they're thankful for the outcome and would have, would have the same reaction if the incident happened again. Are you really embarrassed about it? Because you told everybody on social media. So my guess is you're not embarrassed about it. If you were, you wouldn't have posted it all over social media, you weirdo. Here's a quote. It definitely is better safe than sorry because having heard what we did, I still would have called the police. And because, you know, you just never know. You never know. <laughs> a similar situation happened earlier this year in Oregon when a woman called the police after she came home and noticed shadows under her bathroom door. 
According to a statement released by the Sheriff's Department, not only did deputies surround the house, but they also brought a canine union, a unit with them. Uh, and just like the North Carolina couple, the Oregon woman heard rustling coming from her bathroom. Taking precautions, she called the police, who discovered the culprit was not a burglar at all. After several announcements, the suspect does not come out when commanded, the Sheriff's Department wrote. With guns drawn, deputies opened the door to encounter the suspect, an automated robot vacuum. And guys, we're allowing robots into our lives these days, so I'd imagine there's going to be more 911 calls. Some of them will be not legit like this, you know. They forgot that the vacuum had turned itself on. Others will be more serious and actually legit where your robot cleaner has turned on you and is about to stab you with a steak knife. (laughs) That's really going to happen. Oh, for sure. Now, in preparation for this article, I, I looked at a few of them about the robot intruder and one of them uh, was written by someone who has a a knack for some poetry and they wrote a night before christmas poem to this robot intruder i'm going to read it to you twas the night of christmas at a north carolina house no creature should have been stirring not even a mouse but a forsyth county couple awoke with a fright as something was moving about their house in the night they dashed to their closet and hid in fear dialing 911 with a sensitive ear Responding sheriff's deputies searched the home and found a robot vacuum all alone. The source of the scare had quickly been sorted. WGHP-TV reported, The robot had seemingly started and gotten stuck. Its beeping and banging made the audible muck. Homeowner Thomas Malam said the vacuum named Harry was new. They'd had it for days, maybe just two. He said it's not better to be sorry than safe, and he'd call 911 again even if making a mistake. That was a pretty good rhyme. Someone spent a lot of time on this, and I appreciate that. I thought I would read it. (laughs) Shout out to this poet. Amazing, amazing. And uh, I hope, uh, you know, I hope none of you are being uh, frightened or injured by any of the gifts that you got for uh, Christmas. You know what I mean. The Museum of Hangovers is opening in Croatia. I've always wanted a Museum of Hangovers. Like so many good stories, this one begins with a memorable night out. You know how it is. Rino Dobokovic, a university student in Zagreb, was out enjoying drinks with his friends when they started swapping their funniest hangover stories of all time. Six months later, in the building next to where the boozy night had taken place, there it was. The Museum of Hangovers! Exhibits at the Museum of Hangovers include displays of objects people found inexplicably the morning after a boozy night, a room where visitors can test their reflexes after putting on, quote, beer goggles, and an interactive section where they can share their own best and worst hangover experiences. There's also a gift shop in which you can buy a Drunkopoly board game and bar activities like darts. Dubukovic, who is from the island of Havar, that's H-V-A-R, and I got to tell you, I was really thrown by how to pronounce uh, a V following an H is just real tricky. Havar, I think, is there a cheese like that as well with an H-V it begins with? I don't know. I'm stupid. Dubukovic studied computer science. He told the media that the point of this museum isn't to glorify overindulgence or, you know, imbibing alcohol or addiction. Rather, it's a physical representation of the kinds of chats that he has had with his friends, where everybody's sharing stories and bonding about the things that they did in the past. 
Here's a quote. In the future, we want to make people aware of the bad things related to alcohol. Oh, thank you, sir. I don't, although I don't think we all need to be reminded of the bad things that happen to us on alcohol. You know, I think we have the scars for that. I certainly do. I once, uh, after a night of drinking, was hospitalized and received about 35 stitches in my head. And I have the scar to prove it. <laughs> that, that reminds me of the joys of drinking. Ooh, scorpion bowls. Have any of you had, had the experience of scorpion bowls? Do you know what they are? Please write into Weird AF News. Tell me about your favorite scorpion bowl experience. Well, this museum opened on December 1st, and it's, uh, is, it's still what Dubokovich calls a test concept. As reaction has been positive thus far, he hopes that he'll be able to secure additional funding to turn the Museum of Hangovers into a large, permanent establishment. Uh, the collection has grown to include everything from crumpled receipts to your, from your night out to an abandoned wedding dress. An abandoned wedding dress, just thrown in the bushes. It eventually became so successful that a second location opened in Los Angeles six years later. Really? When, when was this article written? I've never heard of the Museum of Hangovers. I've been to these weird museums, by the way. Um, the Museum of Disgusting Food, which had a pop-up exhibit here out in L.A. for a few months. I went there. I actually created a video and interviewed the director of the museum and then posted all of that on my Patreon because that's what I like to do. Uh I love these, this sort of thing. Weird museums are just amazing. There's a museum of poop in Japan um, I would like to check out. Guys, I need a budget to do these things. I need to go. I want to go to the, muse the, hung the Hangover Museum followed by the Poop Museum, you know? I think they go together. You, should, you could put the Poop Museum inside the Hangover Museum, right? Because if, if you're like me, man, that Hangover Poop is just devastating. Am I right? <laughs> Come on. The beer, the beer poop the next day? Oh, boy. Oh, man. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And now I think they're taking contributions to the uh, Hangover Museum. You can send in a photo of the uh, ugliest individual that you've ever woken up with and a photo of the worst tattoo that you've woken up with. <laughs> like, hey, I don't remember getting this tattoo. We've all been there, guys, right? Huh? Just me? Okay. Would you guys like to put on a wearable vest that grows a self-sustaining garden watered by your own urine? Would you like to wear such a vest? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I came across this. Uh, the project is called Post-Human Habitats, and it's a vest or a cloak that grows plants and crops using fertilizer from insects and human waste. The vests are currently on display in Beijing as part of an exhibition called Human Unlimited. So it's like a green vest made of plants, imagine. Somehow it's <laughs> it grows using your own urine and human waste. I don't know how you I guess there's just probably a tube going from your genitalia up to the vest. I don't know who would want to be wearing a vest that's soaked in their own urine, and I don't know who wants to be around somebody wearing a vest soaked in their own urine. Probably not a great smell. Even if you're growing lavender or a rosemary or other such beautifully smelling things uh i think the, the odor of your human waste that's uh fertilizing it is going to overpower that and you're going to have no friends when you're wearing that that's just me what is the purpose of this let's find it. i mean living in a post-apocalyptic world where there's no clothes i don't understand is this what is this what they're theorizing adam and eve war <laughs> it's so weird you gotta see a picture of this just google the wearable vest garden. <laughs> this is created by somebody who's very bored is my my, my guess. Uh, 
These are designed to provide sustenance for the wearer in a future world where climate change has degraded the soil and people are forced to flee floods and other climate impacts. Oh, really? <laughs> this is what it's for? Oh, the soil's degraded. Let me, let me grow my food on my own titties. I don't understand. I really don't. You're not going to be able to sustain yourself with this vest. You can't grow enough crops on your back to sustain you in a future world? Are you out of your mind? Come on. Now, how does it work exactly? Well, it says here, it's a layer of moisture retention felt fabric. And on that fabric, seeds are directly placed and watered until they germinate. And then they're uncovered and it takes about two weeks for the base material, which is microgreens, to grow to a kind of full level before they're harvested. So the garments themselves are kind of a lush green and bright purple, depending on what's grown. It's like you're wearing a chia. It's like you've become a, a life-size chia. Uh, they, they said we're talking about herbs here, growing herbs, uh, cabbage, radish, lettuces. We've experimented with strawberries and even peanuts and mushrooms. I think we grew about 22 different crops on each cloak. <laughs> Come on, I can't imagine you growing crops on your cloak. What is the deal with this? The approach is really scientific, uh, this creator says. I thought to tap into the bodily systems, such as the renal system and the digestive system, and to try to imagine, you know, in a future state where our soils are depleted and there's not enough access to water, how would we be producing the amount of crops necessary to feed our growing population? Yeah, but I don't think you would be growing them on your wristbands, uh, you know what I mean? Or on your top hat. <laughs> it seems stupid to me. Look at if if our soil is completely depleted in the future, we got bigger problems. You know, I don't. <laughs> There's no water. Yeah, I, I can't see this fixing the issue. I really don't. How much does this vest weigh? They are. They asked the creator. Well, it's pretty heavy. It weighs twenty pounds because it's carrying twenty pounds of crops. <laughs> Come on with the crops. You're carrying cabbage <laughs> on your vest. And it has an intense smell. Oh, no shit. That was my guess. The radishes and cabbage actually are quite potent when grown, and it's directly under your nose, so it's quite a bizarre feeling to be cloaked in one of these. Yeah, and what about the piss smell that's constantly under your nose, lady? What about that? What do you do about that? And by the way, I don't want to be smelling radishes 24-7, even if it doesn't smell like piss. Do I want to be... Do I want radishes under my nose all the time? Just grow it in your house. Put it on you. Put it on a mannequin. I'm not going to walk around with this. How am I going to go to work? How are you going to do anything? You lean against something and then you ruin your radish population. It's so stupid. This is so dumb. They have a point, though. Their point is to get us to think about issues around the environmental crises at a palpable scale so that if we can feel these issues on, on our body, that might provoke us to do something about these issues instead of taking the passive role we've done so far in our history. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's what you're trying to do, I mean, you can just do this with some PR. You don't have to get people to wear... I mean, although I guess in a way this is PR, right? I don't see people wearing, you know, carrot vests to remind us all that, you know, we got an environmental crisis on our hands here, okay? It's unnecessary, really. But hats off to you. You found a way to uh, take hundreds of thousands of dollars and completely waste it. Jonesy, you're so harsh on these scientists. I know, because they're dumb and they're wasting our money. It's really stupid out there what they're doing. I mean, I just can't get on board with any of this crap, all right? 
How about you use all that money you did for building a stupid crop vest and figure out a way for us to actually grow crops like sustainably in a future apocalyptic home that I might have? Because that's more of a reality. Learning to grow it in my post-apocalyptic home rather than on my titties. (laughs) Just me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Weird AF News. Those of you who are loyal weirdos, loyal listeners to the show, I appreciate you. Hope you had a lovely weekend, everybody, and that you enjoyed the Florida Friday stories. Uh, I enjoyed them as well. Uh, That was the last one of the year. I'm going to be doing a special episode at the end of this year. I believe tomorrow I will release the best, weirdest stories of 2019. And it's going to be a very lengthy episode, a bonus episode, so to speak, of nearly two hours long of weird AF news stories from the year that I thought were the funniest and weirdest. Um, So look for that. Lastly, as always, you can call the show, 646-450-2012. Email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. You can reach me on social media, at funnyjones on Instagram, at funnyjones on Twitter, and Comedian Jonesy on Facebook. Uh, check out my Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash weirdafnews. Well, you can support the show and get access to bonus episodes and whatnot. You can make a one-time donation before the end of the year, guys. I think you can write that off on your taxes, too. You can donate at uh, funnyjones at gmail. That's my PayPal. And apparently it's my Google Pay as well. So you can do a a one-time donation if you'd like to squeeze one in before the end of the year. Because maybe you feel the love for Jonesy and the appreciation of, you know, listening to weird stories five days a week for 52 weeks of the year. Jonesy don't get a break. Do you know? Uh... (laughs) But I'm happy to be here, happy to do it. You don't have to send anything but your love. Uh, and of course, I'd appreciate it if you, uh, you know, if you wouldn't mind to uh, recommend the podcast to a friend. That's always helpful and a nice thing that you can do for me. Appreciate that. You can leave a review as well. Sorry for asking for all this crap. I'll stop uh, and just say uh, thank you. I appreciate you guys for being here. And uh, look for that end of the year episode. I think you're going to love it. A lot of great stories from the year that I covered. Um, pretty cool. All right. See you tomorrow.